the Buddha is credited with giving eight eighty-four thousand Dharma talks. And these eighty-four thousand Dharma talks were put into three categories or three baskets. The first basket contains the lectures and information on how to do no harm, how to do good in the world. The second basket contains the lectures about how not to do evil or how not to do harm in the world. And of course, these two are very familiar to all of us, no matter what theology or spiritual path we walked before we got interested in Buddhism. As a dysfunctional Catholic, I remember clearly the fact of being admonished to be good and not to do bad. Um, I call myself dysfunctional because I could never rise up to that instruction. But I wanted to, and I was sincere in my practice. It was just that I could never get from one Sunday to the next without confession. <laughs> and so I began to feel hypocritical because I was sincere in my contriteness. I wanted to do differently. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be good. Just couldn't make it. But uh, are there any other ex-Catholics in the room? A few. Did you ever hear a sermon on contemplation? No. Okay. Put your finger on that because that's where we're going. So the third basket in the Buddha's dispensation is to purify the mind. And I found that that was my missing component. Now, of course, hindsight tells me that contemplation has been a vehicle that was used in the Christian theology forever. But it was just never passed on to me. You know, maybe I missed that Sunday when they gave it. I don't know. But uh, you don't miss many Sundays as a Catholic. So this is the foundation. This is the reason uh, why we are emphasizing and expressing the importance of developing samadhi, of working with bhavana or mind training. Because ultimately, no matter how much we desire, no matter how much we wish to live one way as opposed to another, if we don't understand how the mind works, it's not going to work. Unless, unless we just, through good karma, came in this reality with a mind that was wholesome and rid of defilements. But most of us, eh, most of us came in having to work at that. So, the sutta 
on mindfulness of respiration. Whether we work with Sutta 10 or whether we work with Sutta 118, they both start out with mindfulness of breathing. And of course, Sutta 118 is all about mindfulness of breathing. And so what we want to do is just follow the, the instructions, just follow the directions to make sure we understand, we have a clarity about how to do it and then do it. It's not about modifying it. It's not about redesigning it to fit our understanding. It is just to follow the instructions. Because in the foundations to mindfulness, foundations of mindfulness, the instruction says that this is the direct path for the purification of beings. And that's what we all want. We want the direct path. We want the path that takes us there without any side trips. We've, we've had enough side trips. We've had enough inroads to, mm, to error. I don't think any of us needs any more examples or any more experiences of what it feels like to have bad karma come your way. We've all experienced that. It says this is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of nibbana or emptiness or voidness or selfness. Selfish, no, selflessness. It says, and how do we abide? How do we wait? Contemplating, thinking about, focusing on the body as body. And here, a disciple goes to the forest or to the root of a tree or to an empty hut and sits down and having folded his legs crosswise, set his body erect and established mindfulness in front of him. So mindfulness is presence. Mindfulness is attention. And so it tells us to find a place of seclusion. Now that's very difficult in the day and I, I remember the first time I went up to IMS, up to Barry, and went up for a 10-day silent retreat. And I was very impressed by the remoteness of the place, the fact that it was in a little village as opposed to a big city, wasn't a lot of traffic on the road, sort of isolated, wasn't any houses around anywhere. But guess what? It was right in the flight path of some Air Force base or Navy base or something that's right up there somewhere. Because all during the retreat, you could hear these jets coming down and looping around and going back. <laughs> so it's very hard in today's time to find secluded places, places 
that are natural, that is just full of nature, without any, in, without any human intrusion. So I would suggest that uh, two aids to use to suggest or enhance seclusion would be earplugs and sleep masks. And I would suggest that for those of you who are needing to to uh, have the experience of aloneness or by yourselfness that you invest in or find some sleep mask or earplugs to use that will give you a sense of being away from all of the ordinary things in life that you encounter. It says... Establishing mindfulness in front of you, bringing your attention in front of you now. Specifically, they're talking about bringing your attention to the nose, the nostrils, or the upper lip. In some traditions, they focus on the abdomen. But in my opinion, that's busyness. That's, that's just something else to go through or bringing the breath all the way down or putting your attention on the abdomen and feeling the breath going all the way down into the body, into the abdomen. It's just about where it enters your body and where it leaves your body. It's putting your attention right there. And it says once you've done that, the next instruction is Ever mindful you breathe in and ever mindful you breathe out. Now, what does that mean? Does anyone have any questions about what that means? Ever mindful you breathe in, ever mindful you breathe out. So what you've got to do first is to go back to understanding what mindfulness is. So does someone want to tell me what mindfulness is? The quality, the how do I know I'm exercising mindfulness? Friend? Being here with your full attention. Okay, being here. Being where though? Now we've already told we've already been told where to be. Where is that? In the room here. No, more specific than that. Not just in the room. Being present in the room is certainly necessary, but wh what happens after that? What, what do I have to do? John? Uh, nose. Or lip. Or lip. Okay. So I have to be present there at, the, at that location for, the, for me to fulfill the instruction. But I've also got to be there with an intention. See, it's not just being there. It's being there with an intention. And the intention that you bring with mindfulness 
as a quality is not to intrude on the experience of the moment that you are a part of. So when I breathe in mindfully and breathe out mindfully, that just means I'm present. I'm not counting the breath. I'm not qualifying the breath. I'm not evaluating the breath. I am not um, adjusting the breath. I'm just there with the breath. I'm not even labeling it. I'm not even saying, oh, this is a long breath. This is a short breath. This is a, this is a fine breath. This is a coarse breath. I'm not doing any of that. That's not mindfulness. Mindfulness is being present, being a witness, without any intrusion into what's going on around you. That's it. Just being there. It. That. That's it. Just having a partnership with breath. Any questions? That's important. Are there any questions about that? Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to start out by just um, doing a short meditation on loving kindness or compassion. Your choice, meditation on loving kindness or compassion. Um, I'd like to, at this time, insert one of our Sangha members into this intention of loving kindness or compassion, whichever you prefer. Uh, Jim Christopher, he just had a procedure done day before yesterday over admission. And he's doing well, but obviously anytime you have any intrusion into the body, there's always a, a discomfort. There's always a opportunity for something not so good to happen. So let's keep our hearts open for him. Like I said, he's doing well. He's recovering according to plan, but a little more love won't hurt. He's supposed to be released today, but he was supposed to be released yesterday, and he wasn't. So. I can project. I'm sorry, I'm confused. Okay. If I am trying to be mindful, just 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 nose and lip, with and no intrusions. To, and, and I like to think it of, if I am successful, I am just simply dissolved into the present moment. Just total awareness, without, with, with egoless, ergo thoughtless, just that's it, just thisness. Now, if I start thinking about compassion and, 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 oh, okay. and, and how is that not an intrusion? Okay, okay. No, 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 okay, my, my mistake. I'm confused. No, 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 please, put your confusion aside. Because what we're doing first is just loving kindness. We're not doing mindfulness of breathing. We're just doing the, the meditation on loving kindness or compassion. 
And once we finish that, once we sort of establish a, a, a good realm around us, a, we're, we're chasing out all of the shadows in the mind by bringing in the heart and love and compassion. Uh, remember also in the instruction, it is to abandon all covetousness and grief for the world. And it's literally asking us to put our minds on, put our attention on something very positive as opposed to, you know, I wish serious issues would end or I wish, you know, war would stop in all of the places where we have wars now. So, better? Okay. Phase one, loving kindness or compassion. Phase two, Mindfulness of breathing or mindfulness of respiration. Thank you. Thank you, Don. I, I didn't realize that I had bled in those two things as one. Okay. Right. Uh, loving kindness or compassion, your call. And when you hear, that means come back out. And then we'll go back in again.
when I work with loving kindness or compassion and I start off thinking about intentionally thinking about a person or a group there's something about the exercise itself that just carries you further it, it starts reminding you of other people that you didn't think about before so I thought about Michelle and her mom so when the next time you do loving kindness remember Michelle she's a caregiver she's been riding back and forth up to New Hampshire Rhode Island you know those New England states when when you used to do the the chart the map chart in school in junior high school and they were this little cluster up here where you couldn't even write your names in the blocks so I never learned one from the other so <laughs> it's just a whole whole bunch of little teeny states up there somewhere right up up in the right hand corner <laughs> uh, but remember her remember her mom her mom's um, aging and aging is tough you know uh, some of my sangha friends uh, including Jim and uh, Art Wally and we often make the comment to each other that aging isn't for sissies you got you got to be strong to to participate in that you've got to realize that it's a gift it's a blessing that you're one day older and still on on top of the dirt okay now we're going to work with mindfulness of breathing Yes, Mark. So, um, so while you're doing the loving kindness or the compassion, um, are you moving your attention away from the tip of the nose, if that's where you were, and to the feeling that is growing as you're cultivating? you know, loving kindness or compassion, or, or are you staying? Um, okay. Um, again, two separate exercises, Understood. right? Uh, with loving kindness and compassion, the thing that we're focusing on is the establishment of a reality. So with love, heart, we put our attention on the heart, we also put our attention on the individuals or the region that we're sending the love to to bring them all into the same energetic field. Um, embracing them with the love that we feel and sharing it with them. So we're bringing them in. Uh, so that's where the attention is. With, with, with my capacity of love and with the person or the region that I feel that love is needed and you know bringing it in and sharing that with them so that's that's my uh, but it doesn't have that pinpoint focus of, of the mindfulness of breathing no because you are employing a whole different technique okay. right 
And again, I apologize for, for, for bleeding those two together and causing confusion. That was, that was my mistake. I will do it differently. Well, okay. So we're going to work with the mindfulness of respiration. And we're going to start with the first instruction. Well, the first instruction that's specific to breath. Before that, it's just bringing your awareness to the front of you, uh, putting away any covetousness or lust or craving for or grief or sorrow for the world. You don't want to take any of that in with you. And you want to do that whether you're working with mindfulness of respiration or the Brahma Viharas. So setting the condition for this to happen is to, again, bring your attention in front of you, the nose or the lip, and to abandon all covetousness, all, all desire, and all grief for any, any experience, anything in the world of sensual realms, just for the moment putting that down and just solely putting your attention, being present with this exercise. Because the development of the first jhana requires applied and sustained thought on an object. If you don't give that condition to your exercise, nothing else will happen for you. So the first thing to do is to be in touch with attention, with awareness. Putting it where you want it to be and then being present with or being aware of what's happening in the area that you put your attention. Is that clear to everyone? That's okay. Application, putting it there. Sustained, keeping it there. And this develops one-pointedness. And one-pointedness is one of the conditions for jhana, for absorption. Okay. But right now, we're not thinking about jhana. We're not worrying about jhana. We're not worrying about namitas. We're not worrying about signs. We're only being right here, mindfully breathing in, mindfully breathing out, not intruding on the breath, not trying to design it to be anything or any, any, any way. 
just being present, just just not labeling it, not counting it, just witnessing it, breath. Okay.
Who was not able to just do that? Just mindfully breathe in, mindfully breathe out. I found that by, there was a slight subtle change in my meditation in that with your words, you really inspired me to really make it a priority, just really focus, but at the same time, you know, let go of kind of an agenda around it. Mm -hmm. I still had recently, my life has been a bit busier, so I've had more thoughts coming in. But I noticed today by really f focusing with the group and with you, Venerable, that um, I was able to cut it short again and, and really come back to that focus. But there were some going out and some coming back, of course. Okay. Did it did it create constant distraction? Or were you able at some time to just be there with the breath and and be aware that there's no thinking going on, there's no attachment going on? Were you there with that? Yeah, I was able to as far as I understand to be just with the breath at times. Okay. Thank you. Well, until that becomes easier for you to do, stay right there with that. Don't don't get fancy. Don't go any further. Just stay right there. When you sit and meditate, when you sit and go inside, just be right there with mindfully breathing in and mindfully breathing out. Okay, and, and see if you, you start to feel an expansion of the ability, develop, developing the ability to just be there and do that. Are you saying I should say to myself, breathing in, breathing out? No. Okay. Okay. No. I think I understood. You don't, you don't have to say that to do that, right? Right. Right? Okay, we, we don't walk down the street going, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, I'm breathing yeah, in, I'm that was right? That's just been out. So just be there with it. Right? You know, even when we're asleep, we're breathing in and breathing out, right? So just be there with it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Everyone else okay? All right. So we're... We're going to go back in again, and for everyone else except Sela, 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 you got your assignment. You know what you're going to do. Okay, so now the rest of this is not for you. All right? The next instruction is to know you're breathing in long or no, you're breathing in short. There's still no verbalization going on. There's, there's, there's not this 
I'm breathing in long, I'm breathing out short, I'm breathing in short, I'm breathing out long. It's not that. It's just being there with it, knowing that it's either long or short. And again, there's no, no breath police walking around. So there's, there's no, you know, whatever you deem as a long breath, that's a long breath for you. Whatever you deem as a short breath, that's a short breath for you. Don't, don't get into a conversation about what's long and short. And again, what you're looking for is, do I have the ability to sustain, to, to uh, develop sustained attention on this exercise? If you can't sustain your attention, if you feel yourself being pulled off into other things, into other thoughts, then this is where, at this juncture, you begin to count the breath. But it's to find out where you are. It's to find out what your ability is. You know, what your talent is. Right now. Right here. So, we, we, we put more on ourselves. We, we bite off more than we can chew. So it's about f giving incremental investigations, and if you can handle it, you go to the next one. If you can't, you stay there and do something with that. You stay, you stay there and develop it. Okay. Any questions? Yes. All right. Not a problem. But here's here's where we we fit into that. You know, this is this is about the seclusion thing. Right? Okay. So a part of mindfulness has to do with awareness. Awareness bear attention, bear awareness to everything that's going on. Because we're not, we're not going to be able to, unless we're in a deprivation chamber, shut off everything to the sense gates. That's not going to happen. Because even if we have earplugs and an eye mask, we still have feeling, whether it's our butt on the cushion or a breeze blowing through the room we're still going to have some sensual intrusion. Something coming through a sensecape. But if we are in the state of and if we've developed a quality of mindfulness, we will have bare awareness that it's there. Oh. I'm aware that that's there, but I'm here. Right? Okay. If 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 I am here and I go there, then I'm distracted. Oh, what's that? Right? I'm distracted. And of course then it is my I'm I'm either gonna stay there and have a whole lot of discussion about what what I'm involved with, you know, why don't they do this? 
Why are they mowing? Why are they cutting down the tree right now? Why is the bird singing right now? Well, I'm going to realize my distraction and I'm going to come back to my intention. And that's there. What we begin to understand is that things don't come in and bother us. We go out and find them. The dog barking is not here next to my ear. The dog barking is out in the, in the yard, three yards away. But I go out there and I get involved with it. So a part then of the practice and a part of the skill is to be right here and be minimally aware that that's happening out there, that a bird's singing over there. But it's not, you know, it's just sound. It's not going out and, you know, wanting them to put the dog in the house or shoot the bird. <laughs> it's just to be aware, right? So that, that's the exercise. Okay. Any other questions? All right, so here we go. Now remember, oh, one other thing. This is important. Whenever we stop, or whenever you stop and start again, you start from the beginning and go, go up to the next stage. You don't just go to the next stage. You start at the beginning. Because what we're doing is we're creating a condition for something to occur. And all of these are stacking the logs just right for the fire. Okay? So if you're stacking logs for a fire or you're building a house, you don't start up here. You always start at the foundation. You always dig the hole first or you always set the log, big logs down first. So always start at the beginning and work your way back to the new step. Okay? Okay.
Now, contrary to popular belief, meditation is not about sitting like a bump on a log. You're actually observing things while you are being present. So right now, a part of knowing and seeing is that you observe your responses or your reactions to things as they occur. So, as an example, when the, someone starts cutting their grass next door while you're meditating, what is, what is your reaction slash response to that experience? Are you irritated? Are you angry? Are you hoping that they turn the alarm off and wait until you're finished? You know, you're, you're not looking at that. You're looking at you and how you are what is your relationship to things that go on around you? And then, you know, continue to ask yourself, was that the most favorable response? Was that the response that I want to put out into the world, that I want to project? So you're learning about the mind, and you are determining whether that's a quality, whether that's a state that you want to continue to carry in mind, whether you want to change that or not. This is how we benefit from bhavana. I'd like to thank David for the work that he does for, for recording and putting things up to make them available to others uh, because I was told today that Michelle's mother likes to hear Dhamma talks. So we, we never know what small part we play toward someone else's well-being or happiness. So thank you, David. Thank you. If there are no questions. When there is what could be an intrusion, depending on how you handle it, for example, the the grass cutter turning on, mm -hmm. is that not where choiceless awareness comes in? That is certainly where choiceless awareness establishes itself because you're still working with the internal, but you also want to record somewhere in your body being the, the, the attitude that you had for that experience so that you can evaluate whether you want to perpetuate that attitude in future encounters with the guy cutting grass next door. Whether you feel that that's appropriate for you to do, not for him to do. See, because again, we're always talking about he shouldn't be or they shouldn't be doing that. But it's not about what they're doing, it's about what I'm doing because they're doing what they're doing. What is my reaction, my response to them doing that? And is that what I want to do? Is that how I want to be? And so I'm learning something about myself, and I'm learning something about the influences that cause me to be the self that I'm being. And if I want, if I would like for my reaction or my response to be different, then I realize that I, I, it's not about 
getting him to not cut grass until three, but it's it's changing my own attitude about what that is all about. And ultimately, that's the work. You know, we we begin to understand that it's never about the other guy. It's never about what the other guy is doing. This is a part of. the understanding of the teachings that talk about do no harm and only do good. Because in those teachings, it gives us examples of the other guy just being a horrible other guy and is saying, but that should not, and that does not give you license to be horrible too. And so ultimately we learn that it's a gift that we have the presence of the other guy being spiteful or mean, because that's the only way we can, we can learn whether we've developed the mental metal that allows us to be loving irregardless of what the other guy is doing or saying. And this is how we take the hate out of the world. This is how we take the craziness out of the world. Because it takes two people to fight. It takes one person to cut grass. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so very much for everything. Uh, May all beings be liberated from suffering. Again, always be mindful of your heart and the others who are suffering and going through terrible times and uh, send them some love and send them some compassion. Thank you all so very much. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.